The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Let's say I was 85 and I got a bad diagnosis and my dog, my cuddles was eight mm-hmm. and you could expect her to live 12, 15, 16 years. Then you're going to have to have someone take care of the dog. And where do you look? Hi, this is Harry Margolis. Welcome to the Ask Harry podcast. In the following episode, I spoke with attorney Brian Mahoney of Canton, Massachusetts about pet trusts for protecting your pet. Brian, thanks for joining me. I read with interest your article in NALA News about pet trusts and uh, like to learn more about them, and I'm sure listeners will as well. And uh, I guess my first question is, why do a pet trust? Well, there's many reasons, Harry. Um, you know, people love their pets. They're beloved. And I, I showed you before we started, we had a death of a pet in my family. It was Cuddles. Cuddles was a 15-pound peekapoo that we got for my daughter when she was in the first grade. She's now a senior in high school, and Cuddles had a nice long life of 15 years. But she was a cartoon character, bigger than life and part of the family. And so pets become part of the family. Uh, for a lot of seniors, you do uh, estate planning and elder law. Kind of, you know, we do pretty much the same things. And so, you know, we both know that you know seniors with pets do better if they're living alone than without. And there's service animals and things like that. So they become so valuable uh, to people and so beloved that they worry sick when you know they're older. Maybe I get a bad diagnosis. What's going to happen to my pet? Mm-hmm. Don't and most people figure their family's going to take care of the pet anyway without any special planning or any special trust? I don't think enough thought goes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if people do depend on their families these days as much as they probably used to. And I think if you're going to have anyone take care of them, they absolutely have to be an animal lover. Does it depend on does it depend on the on the kind of pet? I mean, some pets have longer lives than others. Some pets um, um, have need different kinds of care. I mean, it, most people can take care of a cat or a dog, but not a horse. Or we've had clients with parrots or with um, with um, monkeys even. So they they uh, bubbles the chimp from Michael Jackson. <laughs> right, right. So I, my 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 assumption sure. is that you're more likely to need to do planning if you have an unusual pet or in some cases if you don't have a family member who would obviously just take care of them. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, pets are a lot of work too. And so Cuddles, little puppy, made it to 15. And so let's say uh, I was 85 and I got a bad diagnosis and my dog, my Cuddles, was eight. Mm -hmm. And you could expect her to live 12, 15, 16 years then you're gonna to have to have someone take care of, uh, of, the, of the, the dog. And where do you look? Let's say you don't have any family. Mm-hmm. Or let's say your family, your, your kids live in New York City uh, and they can't have dogs in their co-op in Brooklyn or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, you, you might need some help for that. And what if you, know, you have a family member but they're allergic to the dog or they hate dogs or they mm-hmm. hate that particular dog? Um, you know, all these things come into play and it's very, it can get, you know, um, it's pretty interesting, I think. Some people might call it complicated, but there are a lot of factors that go into what the dog needs. So, for instance, um, my, my girlfriend had a, a beautiful German shepherd named Dutch. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, uh, she has to work. So someone has to take Dutch out. So you have to have someone maybe take them out for a poop break. or You want to have the animal exercise. So there's just all kinds of uh, things that go into taking care of an animal. 
Spe- especially if you don't live out in the country where you can just let them out the back door. Exactly. There's leash laws now, so you can't just let your animal out knowing that they're going to come back and it's a beautiful summer day and you let them sit outside with their you know, water and their food and stuff like that. It's different. Why not just have in your wills, um, you, you know, that Emily's going to take care of your 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 dog or your cat say well here's twenty thousand dollars that goes to emily uh, to thank her for taking this on and be done with it um i i don't i don't think anytime you do an estate plan you should do the easiest thing the easy simple thing isn't always a good idea it's almost never a good idea um, and what if, you know, what if Emily passed away? Then that money's in her bank account and goes to her husband. And what if he doesn't like the dog, hates the dog, hates animals? Uh, there's a million things that, that can go wrong with that. And what if Emily, you know, puts the dog to sleep or euthanizes the dog? Uh, if you didn't talk to Emily, maybe Emily can't do it. She doesn't want to do it. Maybe mm-hmm. she's sick and she hasn't told anyone. There's just so many reasons, I think, not to do something like that. So my understanding is that until recently, you actually could not set up a trust for a pet because they're not a human being. Is that right? They used to, well, pets were referred to as, as chattel, which the law, uh, basically, that's legally is for property. And so Massachusetts has codified it in the uh, uh, the newer laws, the Massachusetts Trust Code. Uh, there is uh, a provision for pet trust, and I believe all 50 states now have statutes allowing pet trust. And I think it's something in the times where people have recognized that pets have more meaning. It's not like a, a used Chevy pickup truck. It's not like your your old A-track player that you know, you want to put in a museum someday, or, or or any other piece of property. And so I think that's what uh, has changed over time. And so, what are the requirements of the, of the trust law for a trust for pets that might be different from any other kind of trust you create for anyone else? Well, let me talk about Massachusetts. Massachusetts has a limitation. The amount of money has to be reasonable for the care of the pet. So, uh, you know, the, the main thing that I've become aware of is, I think, is Leona Helmsley. Remember right. her, the queen yeah. of mean from New York City? I think to upset everyone else, and because I don't know if she had good relations with anyone i think she left 10 or 12 million to her mm-hmm. cat or something silly and people were outraged and angry and so that still i think remains in the law that they uh they don't want to let you do whatever you want they don't mm-hmm. want you to let fluffy the cat live at the ritz in the penthouse at three thousand dollars a day uh my own personal uh view on that is if it's your money you should be able to do whatever you want with it and if you want to let your cat sit and uh, ride it to you know to the vet in the limo well, it's your money, it's your mm-hmm. cat. But the law, you know, imposes some restrictions on it. And you know this, the rule against perpetuities that we have. Um, uh, the, the listeners probably won't know what that is. Uh, that's just a rule that says that a, a trust can't last forever. Right. And so even with your own land. So let's say uh, I, I know in my own hometown of Canton, uh, there were some sisters that wanted to tie up their property forever and just leave it. Uh, so it would just be, you know, green space, what we call today. And it didn't work what they did, and that green space, uh, 20 years later, is now a massive um, subdivision. And someone made a lot of money on it. And, you know, and so the law does, um, like, you can't leave a trust for a 1,000 years. So let's say you have six acres next to your house. You say, I want this to be a green space. It's not always that easy to tie it up forever because of that rule against perpetuities. Of course, the pets aren't going to last a 1,000 years. No, they're not. So in Massachusetts, it limits it. Uh, really to the life of the pet. And mm-hmm. if you have a trust for, say, six pets, then it's the life of the last pet. So uh, going back to the, the, the issue of how much you're allowed to leave in the trust, mm-hmm. how, how is it determined what's a reasonable amount? It's a good question. 
And I, I think what you'd have to do is make sure that when you set up the trust that you put in some factors in the trust as to why you're leaving that type of money. Um, you know, uh, there's all kinds of information that would go into it to make it reasonable. Um, I think we were talking just before we started about uh, cuddles and we're saying she's just a tiny little dog. Um, you know, three fifty a day to feed her. You know, it's not like a hundred three dollars and fifty cents, right? Not three hundred fifty dollars, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, we didn't feed cuddles at, at the um, at the Capitol Grill, but yeah, you're right. It's three dollars and fifty cents, but you know, it adds up. It's like five grand a year. So let's say you take the case where the dog has maybe another could live another five years. There's twenty five thousand there. Mm -hmm. uh, let's say the dog has to be taken out, um, you know, uh, for a walk. Yeah. Let's say you work and. Let's say the dog's coming out twice a day, and it's maybe mm -hmm. ten, twenty, fifteen dollars yeah. each. You know that can be uh, another. I don't know. That can be really add up. So let's say, let's do it. So let's say you had to have the dog taken out uh, twice a day, and it's thirty bucks. Yeah. You know. And then and then and then you of course you want There's ten grand a year. And then you have vet veterinarians, and uh, then I know with our dog when we go on vacation. We hire a, a dog sitter to come in and actually a house sitter and dog sitter to be in the house, and we pay them. That's right. You have to um, you have to board them temporarily. You have to make provisions for you know finding the dog a new home once you're gone. Do they have to stay temporarily at a shelter, uh, at the vet's place where they've been going? Um, you know how much is their medication? How much is their immunizations? Uh, all of these factors go into it, and so. If you were going to set up a pet trust, you'd want to have all these important information in it. What's the dog's um, health? What, what's their life expectancy? Uh, what's the annual cost of the vet? Uh, what is the annual cost of medication? What's the annual cost of food? Uh, if you have a dog walker uh, three times a day, what's that expected to cost? Um, and then you want to make uh, also sure that um, you have you know, inflation in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, for things going up. And so it can add up quite quickly. And so I think if you do it like that and, and make some sense out of it, uh, you know, for um, a judge, then I think it would stand up very well. And that's only if it's challenged. I mean, the, the hope is that it's not going to get challenged in any case. And this is really a budgeting uh, function, I mm -hmm. assume, to figure out how much to put in the trust. That's true. And, and who would challenge it, Harry? I mean, you know, disgruntled disgruntled chi uh, child that's mad that you're leaving 50 grand for the dog. It, mm -hmm. it could happen. Uh, you could put an in terrorum clause in that anyone challenges it loses their share. Mm -hmm. You could put a clause in it that if this is set aside by a judge or reduced, then that money goes to a, a, a charity yeah. and not to anyone mm -hmm. uh, that could, it's sort of to disincentivize someone. Yeah. Uh, is that a word? Uh, Disincent. Disincentivize. Like <laughs> Basically, make them not want to challenge yeah. it because they wouldn't get anything out of it. So you right. could have it go to, I don't know, some animal fund. Yeah. If you challenge this and it's reduced, it goes into this fund, you're never going to see it. So don't bother to uh, attack it. And also, if you attack the trust, even if you win, we're going to put in a clause saying you lose your share. Right. I don't know if that would stand up, but it kind of gives someone pause. Maybe we'll let them have their 50 grand. And yeah. You're going to have to say, I assume, in the trust uh, what happens to any money that's left over because if you. If you if you want to fund it for the longest possible longevity of your pet, and they don't live that long, uh, then you're going to have some leftover money. So I assume you have to say where that goes. Oh sure, you have to treat it like any other trust. So you want the trustee, that's the boss, mm -hmm. uh, and then you want to have is the trustee going to be the person that 
owns the animal, basically, houses the animal? Or will the trustee be like the general contractor that farms out all of the work uh, to the dog walker, to the groomer, to the vet? Uh, or they, they live someplace else and they pay them a stipend. You know, so you want to structure all of that. And then, of course, who's the beneficiary after the animal has, has, has passed away? Um, and then, you know, you want to make sure that you have a contingent beneficiary for that beneficiary. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the law, as you know, we're always trained as kind of like the roots of a tree. You want to have a backup quarterback and then another quarterback. Mm -hmm. I mean, remember the year Tom Brady was suspended, then they had Jimmy Garoppolo go in and he was doing great and he got injured and then they had a third string mm -hmm. quarterback. So if they didn't have that third stringer, it would have been chaos. And so trusts are kind of like that That's too. That's a good analogy. Um, so... So you have the person who's taking care of the, the pet and the trustee, and you said they may, they may or may not be the, the same person. Do, do you have any opinion on whether they should be the same person? Well, I, I think that the hardest part for anyone who uh, expects to die before their pet and they really care about the pet and they really don't have anyone you know, that's going to take, take the pet in or volunteers is to find someone that will help them. I mean, and let's look at the plight of someone who's elderly, you know, and um, maybe they don't get out as much as they used to. You know, it'd be pretty hard for them to find someone, and you really have to look for someone. And I said earlier, I think someone would have to be someone that likes an animal. Well, or loves animals. Well, they don't have to be legally, but if you don't have someone that loves animals or loves dogs, I, I don't think it would work out that good. And would they follow your wishes, or would they just yes you to death? And then when the dog dies, they take all the money and you know, going a, a trip to the beach. So you really would want someone altruistic that loves animals. Um, and so I think if you find someone that you think you could trust and you think they could do all of those functions, that would be great. You could also appoint a trust protector that they'd have to, they'd have to account to mm -hmm. uh, as a, a watchdog on that. Um, would you want to actually not have the person who's taking care of the pet or not have the trustee be the, the person who gets what's left over? so that there's no incentive not to spend money? Oh, absolutely. How many times have you seen a discretionary trust where the, the trustee probably didn't... I mean, I, I had a case that doesn't involve animals once, but it was a, a trustee who was a professional, allegedly, and there was plenty of money in the trust, and my client wanted to buy a new lawnmower, and this guy made him get like six estimates on a, a John Deere-type tractor, and I had to call him up. And, and said, listen, just give the guy his, his lawnmower. He mm -hmm. said, well, I'm just being careful. And he wasn't. His fee depended on a percentage, and he wanted to keep the assets high so his mm -hmm. fee would be higher. Mm -hmm. So he's basically a crook. And so I think any time you wanted to eliminate uh, bias in your own favor where you may, you may give them one can of food a day instead of two because you hope to get another $5,000 is a very good point and something that I think we, as lawyers we're always aware of. And I think um, for your listeners, I think it's a good idea. You don't want to have a conflict of interest, even if it's subliminal, even if you don't think so. I, I think it's a good idea to yeah. avoid it. I think it's a really good point you raise. And what about um, paying the, the, the pet care, care, caregiver? Is that something that you recommend or don't recommend? Or what, what are the considerations there? Well, I know I like to get paid for, for, for work that I do, and I think most people do. And I think even people that say, no, I'll do it, I'll help you out, I love you, I, I, I really want to take care of your pet, they've been so good to you, I think it's always nice to, to, to pay them. 
And even if they don't want it, even if they were something that really was altruistically uh, inclined and very, very nice and, and you trusted that they'd, they'd do it, why not give them some money for their time? Their time is valuable. Even if it wasn't a lot of money, it could be money, maybe they're a senior too, the person you're going to appoint, and they don't have a ton of money. Maybe, you know, they can make, maybe they just want enough money out of it, uh, go out to dinner twice a, a week, uh, get a pizza and beer on Friday that maybe they couldn't afford. So I think you always want to give someone something for their time. How, how do you determine how much? It's a good question. And I think uh, uh, someone had submitted a question to you too. Yeah. And that's the question in a lot of trusts. And I think that I don't think, uh, let me start from a different tactic. I don't think people should get more than what they've earned during their lifetime. And you've probably seen it in trusts where, you know, Junior takes over. He was appointed by his parents as the trustee, and now he wants to bill $150 an hour, and he never mo made more than $25 an hour and mm -hmm. doesn't have any expertise in accounting, financing, managing people, the beneficiaries, you know, legal aspects, income taxes, trust taxes, estate taxes, none of that. And so I don't think that person deserves $150 an hour. I think they deserve... Um, something for doing it, and I think it's a difficult job to do sometimes. Um, so I think it should be around what they earn during their lifetime. And if you have someone that's retired, um, you know, you could talk to them about it too. I mean, I, I had someone that said they'd watch uh, the person's pet for $25 an hour. Mm -hmm. And we went through the whole thing. We sat down, we talked about, you know, how many hours they might have to bill and set up a schedule for what that might cost over the next few years. And they were really happy with that because mm -hmm. they weren't really in it as a money-making proposition. They were kind of into it, this particular person, as uh, I'm retired, I want to stay busy, it's not my motivating factor money, but, you know, I, if I make a uh, 100 bucks a week mm -hmm. and I take care of your dog, and by the way, if the dog needs to walk, I'll take him for a walk, and that's good for me too. Yeah. So in that situation, it worked out you know, so, very, so, very well. So there well. are really two functions here. There's uh, paying the, the pet ca uh, caretaker, and, um, and then there's, actually, and, and there's also the possibility of paying the trustee, which was actually the, the question I, I received on my askharry.info site. Um, and so it sounds like... Um, it sounds like you, you you have a way of perhaps calculating how much you should pay the caretaker. And how about the trustee? Sure. Well, you know, the trustee could be both or it could be separated. So if it's separated and the trustee is not doing, um, you know, feeding the animal, going shopping for the food, taking the animal to the vet, taking the animal out to poop, taking them for a walk, things like that, they're not really the hands-on person and they're kind of the general contractor, then really what are they going to be doing? They're going to be a scheduler. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to have to make sure the money's kept someplace where it can maybe earn some money, but it's you know not going to be lost in a stock market crash like you know any other conservative investment for, you know, uh, where the the idea isn't so much growth of the money but preservation. So they have to be kind of an investment advisor, kind of a banker, kind of a bookkeeper, uh, and kind of someone that can you know schedule things. So you really, you know, you really have to have someone that has some competence because mm -hmm. uh, they have to make sure, you know, uh, did you bring the dog to the doctors or, you know, call them up. Joe, you got to bring the dog to the doctor next week at nine. You ready? Yep, I'm good. You know, make sure the dog walker's lined up or the dog walker can't make it that day. Well, would the trustee then go out and take him for a walk <laughs> on an emergency basis? <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so it sounds like they, they deserve something as well. Sure. And it would be a lot of work. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Could be. And um, the um, question is how much. And I know that um, 
traditional trusts often the trustees charge one percent of the assets under management per year, and if but if that's just fifty thousand dollars or less, say it's fifty thousand um, dollars on a yearly uh, compensation, would be five hundred dollars, which um, which might be fine as a token amount, really, yeah. to a, f a family friend or family member who's doing it. Um, or you may say, well, let's not calculate that that way. Let's just pay them a thousand bucks a year as, as kind of what we want to compensate them. Sure. And, and I think to do that, um, you know, going through all the things they might have to do with the client, I think shows them how much work it can be. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at what we just went through. You know, it could be a lot of work that has to be done and people have lives and they're taking their time out to help. And so I think it's instructive to go, okay, what is this person actually going to have to do? Mm -hmm. How long might that take? Yeah. And I think that gives, um, you know, your client time to figure out, okay, there's this many hours. Who are you thinking of, of you know, giving this job to? What did they do during their lifetime? Were they a low wage earner, a high wage earner? Were they a successful, you know, corporate executive making two hundred grand a year? Um, and even then, they, you know, we had a case one time. We had uh, someone helping out that was a very, very highly paid individual, but they weren't doing it for the money. Yeah, and the oh, little oh, money. Hopefully not, because it's not going to be much money. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. you know, again, they, I think this guy said I can take my granddaughter out for pizza, uh -huh. something like that. Yeah. And um, but I, I think once they learn how much work is in it, then they can kind of adjust the the compensation you know, accurately, yeah. and then, you know, hopefully they have enough money to, to pay for the, for the animal and for the yeah. trustee. Now, what about, does the trust have to uh, pay taxes anyway? Is there, what, what, is that something they have to worry about as well? Sure, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, you're, you, it, I, I start to laugh, taxes, <laughs> really, <laughs> taxes, I never heard of that. Of course, yeah, but you probably wouldn't have a lot of income, would you, in this type no. of trust? Because you're not going to invest um, a lot of money and sell a lot of stock and move things around. You kind of want to preserve it for the animal. But yeah, trust pay taxes, and they pay it at a very, uh, you know, it's a little higher than uh, an individual tax mm -hmm. rate. But since you wouldn't have probably a lot of income, the taxes might not be that high. But that brings me back to the kind of the administrative point of where you have the trustee. They just at least need to know that, you know, we get a 1099, let's send it to the accountant and let's make sure the accountant knows it's for a trust. And let's do this every year and make sure that there's a tax return that's completed. Mm -hmm. And um, in go going back to the initial trust, do you usually do it as a separate trust document or as part of a, a client's overall estate plan? I, I like the only testamentary trust. A testamentary trust for our listeners means it's done inside a will. Um, most of the trusts that I draft, I try to draft as independent living trusts. Uh, typically, the only trust I'll do would be um, a special needs trust for a, a spouse who's elderly. Mm -hmm. um, but I would draft a separate trust document, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. So, um, so, so it sure sounds like a lot of, a lot of things to think about in creating a, a, a trust for a pet. And um, I guess anyone who has a pet is a part of their family really does need to think about these issues and decide how to proceed. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think it's well worth doing if you have a pet that you love and you're afraid you might not be around. And, and I think a lot of elderly people are in that position and they have to think about it. And then you need the money to set it up as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably the big thing is that uh, is most people don't think about that is how much money they really do need to set aside for their pet. I, I, I think that's correct. And they really need to. Do. I mean, for, mo for a lot of people, the pet is, is uh, I hate to say it, but as important as their kids. 
Sure. Oh, absolutely. And then, um, you know, it's, uh, it's something that I, I have people ask me more and more about, you know, older folks that have, you know, an animal in the house because they just love the company and it's just, it just makes them feel nice. You yeah. Know? Yeah. All the dogs always have the tail wagging and they're always seemingly happy if it's a nice disposition dog and, and people are worried sick about them, yeah. you know, when they get older. Good. Well, thank you very much, Brian. We covered a lot of ground, and uh, Brian Mahoney can be found at www.attybrianmahoney.com. Great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Ask Harry podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends and colleagues. If you have questions about estate planning, you can find answers at askharry.info. And if you don't find your answer there, you can post a question and I will respond to it. You can also subscribe and listen to future episodes on iTunes.